Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is a podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we are talking about the Sword of Cast. Sword. 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 I wonder about that W sometimes. I, you know, <laughs> it probably wonders about you too. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How are you doing today? I'm good, man, because it's fucking October. Indeed, it so is. So cool. The spooky season. The spooky season. Spooky Dungeon Cast <laughs> episodes. Hey, thanks again for uh, for coming on the show, Dig. We're, oh yeah, a, yeah. We just got fun. done recording the Bane episode, and yeah. yeah, it was a good one. It was fun. It was indeed, a lot of fun. Indeed definitely, uh, definitely recommend to all of our listeners out there. Absolutely. But this week, but this week we're going to talk about a spooky sword, sword, or at least a sword associated associated with some pretty spooky people. Mm. Vecna, the Archlich, god of necromancy, is responsible for this sword's creation, but it is the one who wielded it that the sword is named for. The Dreadlord Vampire General who commanded the armies of Vecna himself. Cass of Tycheron. Cass the Terrible. Cass the Bloody-Handed. Cass the Betrayer. Cass the Hateful. Cass the Destroyer. Today we are talking about the Sword of Cass. Okay. That's a lot of titles. Dude's got a lot of names, man. He's got Cass. a lot of names. He did a lot. Cass the Sword Wielder. <laughs> Cass the Guy. Um, the Sword of Cast first appeared in the original D&D supplement, Eldritch Wizardry, a book that has come up many times in this year of the artifact. By the way, this sword is an artifact. It's the year of the artifact. Just a reminder. <laughs> Just a reminder. Even in the spooky season, Even it's the about spooky, spooky things. Yeah, spooky things, indeed. <laughs> Except for Bane. He just weasels He's just his way in guy. there. He's just a spooky guy. He didn't really have things to talk about. Uh, he had that gauntlet when he came oh, out yeah, of his son's yeah. chest cavity. That's true. But that it was, was glowing it. green. It was glowing green. Right. Yeah. Okay. That was that was literally it. And then the tablets were kind of like. Yeah. Loosely... Tablets are things. Yeah, Those are artifacts. Are Hell yeah. All right. Moving <laughs> on. Back to this. Uh, it was one of the first artifacts detailed for the Dungeons and Dragons game. The sword has been updated many times and has even been the object of quests as in the adventurer Vecna lives. The okay. the sword of Cass is the mighty blade once used by Cass the Bloody Handed, the dread lieutenant of Vecna. It was by this blade, some say, that Vecna lost his hand and eye. 
The Sword of Cast has been variously described as a short sword, long sword, or great sword uh, that was crafted by Vecna. Uh, the blade is said to have been magically honed to a razor's edge, enhances the wielder's strength, and can be used to call down lightning bolts from overhead. The sword itself is intelligent, possessing a vile and murderous spirit. I was going to say, that sounds really cool up until that last sentence. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not great. <laughs> yeah. As I said before, it has been described in more than a few ways, but my favorite description is from the Book of Artifacts of 2nd Edition. This sword has a six-foot blade and a two-foot hilt, and it can be easily wielded with two hands by any warrior. Excuse me. The blade is rippled with a vein of gold running down the center. The hilt is wrapped in red leather flecked with gold. The guards are of unicorn horn, and the basket is a leering bearded face with, from pommel to guard. Wow. Okay. That's shiny. Sounds really shiny. Yeah. Well, the, the gold parts, yes, but the blade itself is black. Okay, so it's black and gold. High contrast. High contrast. Also very cool. Very sharp. Very it's a spiffy sharp. looking sword. Razor's edge, baby. <laughs> the history of the sword of Cass is inseparable from the history of Cass the Bloody Handed himself, which is irre irrevocably linked to Vecna, for his sword was created by Vecna's own hand. Cass was Vecna's lieutenant, his warlord, and assassin, and the sword was his symbol of authority. The sword is as evil as its maker, and it whispered dreams of treachery to Cass, until finally, blade in hand, he confronted his dread master. The battle between the two was titanic, and both are said to have died in the end. Uh, all that remained behind were the sword of Cass and the hand and eye of Vecna. Spoilers, neither of them died, but we'll okay. get into that. Yeah, yeah the adventure is called Vecna Lives. Yeah. <laughs> There's rumors that he's dead at the absolutely. beginning. They're fake. Yeah, absolutely. You think Cass became the bloody-handed because he touched the sword when he got it? Like, oh, it looks really sharp. And he's like, don't touch Vecna's like, don't touch it. And he did. And he's like, oh, no, I'm bleeding so much. It's like, your hand's all bloody, dude. Oh, my God. Maybe. And they were, like, yelling in the halls of, like, Vecna's lair. <laughs> Like everybody heard it. Everyone heard it. That possible. <laughs> it also might be the fact that he's killed millions in his conquests. Okay. <laughs> but maybe, it could be maybe, either. Maybe that one. It could be either. It's probably the one you said. <laughs> but who was Cass the bloody handed? What were the details of his betrayal of his master? Where did he end up in the aftermath of that nearly apocalyptic battle? Where did the sword end up? Well, let's get into it. Okay. You sound so enthused. Okay. No, I am. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go there. Cass was the most trusted lieutenant of the despotic Archlich Vecna. He's depicted as a human slash vampiric male with long black hair and full armor, wearing a horned helm. Cass is said to have stood six foot six inches tall. Hey, pretty tall. Originally, Cass was a human paladin in Vecna's service, drawn by visions of blood and a thirst for foes who would challenge his prowess at arms. Years earlier, he had pledged himself to a god of death, but Cass soon grew bored with mere death. It was the path to dying that fascinated him. Yeah, it's all about the journey. <laughs> and the more violent the path, the better. Cass wanted to swim forever in a red sea of combat. Chaining himself to Vecna's ambition would grant his wish in more ways than he expected. Okay, so real quick. <laughs> death is so cool, and I love death, but I would really rather focus on the not-death stuff. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, that would be cool, right? I mean, to be fair, Cass's <laughs> mentality here is strikingly similar to Son Goku. Uh, just sure. given a much more brutal kind of, like, uh, dressing. Yeah, he doesn't care about fighting people again, so he just, like, kills them. Right. Sure. And it's just... Uh, I don't know. Go Goku's whole thing about like not necessarily being a good guy. He just wants the fight. Yeah. That could go in a very dark direction very quickly if he was a, a more nefarious individual. Yeah. I mean, it gets pretty dark. Uh, As is. I mean, yeah, it keeps happening in Super. They really play on that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, look what happened to Gohan. Guys are messed up pretty bad. He did. And Goku died. 
Yeah. While Wagner assembled his forces for what would be his first successful major campaign, he became intrigued by Cass's passion for battle, his skill with the sword, and his recklessness. He was also entertained by the paladin's hypocrisy and in insisting on a fair fight before he mercilessly cut down his opponents. Cass rose through the ranks of Vecna's followers by eviscerating them when necessary to become the Whispered One's top lieutenant. He gained the name Bloody... Oh, we're actually going to get that. Sorry. Oh, sick. Here <laughs> he, gained... <laughs> he gained the name Bloody Handed on the day he cut his hand on the sword. Oh, and, uh, yes. Nailed I'm, it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. On the day he led the conquest to Vecna's birthplace. After the battle, Cass publicly tortured and then butchered an entire family chosen at random for no other reason than to torment the city officials who were foolish enough to plead with Vecna, Vecna for their citizens' lives. Oh, they should have just shut up. And just let it happen. That's what he's. That's what that, Cass is saying. That's what Cass is saying. Like, you had to talk, huh? Right. Yep. You there, family of four? If come up here. You haven't figured out yet. Cass was an absolute fucking psychopath. Sure. <laughs> I mean, he's working even for more than Vecna. Yeah. In the heady aftermath of his victory, Vecna believed that Cass would remain a reliable weapon as long as there was blood to be spilled. The warrior cared only for blood, steel, and dominating his enemies in combat. Vecna was confident of Cass's loyalty. Sure. Over the years, Vecna and Cass talked often inside the rotted tower. They discussed future targets of invasions and rumors of recently discovered artifacts. Vecna also taught Cass to be craftier in battle. Although Cass's brutality was effective, Vecna's lieutenant would master more subtle tactics in order to overcome stronger foes that challenged the Lich's powers. Uh, basically, they become best friends at this point. Yeah, so they'll work together to kill the strong guys yes exactly that's what they both want yes yeah for different reasons for different reasons yeah okay. so we have two different stories on how Cass became came to be a vampire the 4e version and the pre 4e version as is usual let's start with the 4e version since it happens at this point of the story the pre 4e version happens after the betrayal and we'll, co we'll cover that there okay so according to 4th edition D&D, Vecna used necromancy to extend Cass's life, wishing to retain his trusted weapon as long as possible. When Cass's mortal form had reached the point when even Vecna's spells could sustain it no longer, the Lich fashioned for him a fanged mask of silver and channeled the energy of undeath into it. By wearing the silver mask and accepting its necromantic embrace, Cass willingly received the dark gift of vampirism. By the way, the silver mask of... Cast is another artifact that's really powerful. Okay. Um, as Vecna's empire grew, the Whispered One recognized that he couldn't watch over all his slaves and future test subjects alone. He would need to share power with another, and Cast seemed the logical choice. But Vecna's practicality was mixed with paranoia. The Master of Secrets sought a window into any seditious thoughts that Cass might have, so he made another gift for Cass, an enchanted sword of great power forged from the frozen heart of a fallen star. As he spoke the final enchantments over it, he carefully pulled a thread of shadow from his own consciousness and wrapped it around the sword's black blade. From that point on, as long as Cass bore the sword, Vecna would be able to listen in on Cass's activities and sometimes even his thoughts. Okay, so not sharp enough to cut the thread. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Cass was surprised and flattered by Vecna's offering. According to the martial code that the vampire still followed, the gift of steel from the hand of a warrior's lord was amongst the, the greatest of honors. He felt the sword's strength the instant he drew it from its scabbard made from the skin of gibbeted doppelgangers. <laughs> so random. What? He gibbeted these doppelgangers, bro. Okay. <laughs> and with his lack of imagination, he named it the Sword of Cass. This is mine, and it, it shall be an extension of me, Cass. And it is a sword. I'm getting these uh, Captain Zapbrannigan vibes <laughs> from, yeah. from Cass. Yeah. Um... 
As for Vecna, his confidence was now supreme. More lands were being brought under his rule by sword, spell, and claw. His most powerful minions were obedient or at least controlled. He now had an unobstructed path to his ultimate goal of godhood. You know, like Brannigan has like a really tragic like storyline. Actually, if you like look into it, does he? I yeah. have to like. There's really like look a lore it. dive on like why he is the why way he is. is. Yeah, yeah. I stupid. love that. I love I love lore like that. Okay, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Zeb Rannigan's an asshole, but he makes the show better. Yeah. <laughs> but such confidence can easily become one's downfall, and Vecna had far to fall indeed. His scheme to spy on Cass proved to be disastrous. The Sword of Cass not only contained part of Vecna's consciousness, it contained Vecna's avarice, obsession with secrecy, and lust for knowledge. I don't know if we talked about this in Vecna's episode. We almost definitely did. Oh, yeah, how he hungry for secrets. Secrets, man. Yeah. That's what it is really about. Necromancy spells, archlegism, dumb matter. Secrets. I was, was going to say, of course he wants to know what Cass is up to. He's he wants like, to know the secrets. I want to know what he does when he goes back to his tent at night. <laughs> exactly. That's really what that was about. <laughs> The sword's intelligence quickly wrapped itself in a mental cloak to shield itself from Vecna's detection, and it fed uh, Cass. Oh, it fed Vecna false thoughts of obedience from Cass while it nurtured rebellion in the vampire's heart. Oh no! Yeah, the sword went full fucking uh, AWOL. evil AI. Yeah, yeah, real quick. He's <laughs> like, I will be the master commander. Exactly. That's crazy. <laughs> As the years passed, it subtly influenced Cass's mind, gradually convincing him that Vecna didn't want to share power with anyone let alone a brutal, unsophisticated paladin. I feel like this thing was just tearing Cass down yeah. slowly. You're just, well, this is from Vecna's point of view, yeah. right? It, well, no, no, because uh, no, this is this is from a third-person point of view outside. Like this, oh, okay. The sword was making Cass feel like Vecna didn't want oh, to right, share power right. with anyone, okay, yeah, let yeah. alone a brutal, unsophisticated paladin. Yeah. It also made Cass aware of Vecna's attempts to read his mind through the sword. Dang. Yep. So this discovery struck Cass's steadfastness like a hammer blow. Cass wanted to seek retribution immediately, but the sword assured him that the ideal time would come. Of course, Cass had no idea of the sword's true motivations, mostly because he's an idiot. Believing the sword <laughs> was loyal only to him. And it was loyal in its way, as long as Cass was committed to the death of Vecna. Sure. Uh, through the use of artifacts and rituals, his own terrible intellect, and the harvested lives of thousands of victims, Vecna had finally gathered enough power to perform a new rite that would transform him into a god. The Sword of Cast sensed this and told Cast that now was the opportunity to strike. Cast would slay Vecna during the ritual, seize control of his empire, and ascend to godhood himself. And this is some Victor Von Doom level yeah. self sabotage shit yep. going on. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. We like that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> While Vecna spoke the incantations under the stars at the pinnacle of the rotted tower, Cast charged into the keep. Vecna's guards might have proven a challenge for Cass at one point, but the vampire's fury had been stoked to near insanity by the sword's whispers. Yeah, but he has this really cool sword now that you <laughs> gave him. The guards fell beneath his blade like wheat at a harvest. As they died, Vecna detected Cass's presence. <laughs> he saw the sword's trickery, trickery and realized too late how his paladin's loyalties had been twisted. He tried to suspend the ritual, but the godlike power he had unleashed would not be contained. And at that and at that moment, Cass reached the top of the rotted tower, his blade and fangs dripping with blood. Cool. The battle was one of epic proportion. Most would say that despite Cass's power, Vecta should have been able to quickly fell the vampire. But whether due to the effect of interrupting the ritual, the sword's ability to anticipate its creator's attacks, or Cass's great strength and stubborn refusal to die, the combat raged on. This sounds like an epic 2D scroller where mm -hmm. Cass is the good guy because you... You breach the final tower and the, the enemy is there and you had to fight the whole way up to the mm -hmm. top. Yeah. So like you should be beaten down, 
but nothing's fucking stopping yeah, you, you're bro. In, you're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Eventually, Cass backed Vecna into the center of the ritual circle, its chaotic thunderous energy now lashing them both. Vecna staggered, Cass with a bolt of lightning, but as the Lich moved to finish him off, Cass lunged forward, slicing off Vecna's left hand. Ooh. The vampire, his body crumbling from Vecna's spells, pressed the attack. He then plunged his sword into Vecna's left eye, gouging it out. Cass's sword, sensing triumph, released a surge of radiant energy as bright as the sun into Vecna's body. Oh. Yeah, you know, he's right a lich, right? Eyeball. So you want to... You yeah, sunlight is yeah. bad. But then, like, your wielder... He doesn't give not... a fuck about his wielder. The, yeah. the sword don't give a shit. Here we go. Yeah. The vampire, his body crumbled... Oh, no, I read that. The effect of the sword's act set off an explosion so powerful that it destroyed the rotted tower, deafening creatures for miles around. Vecna and Cass at the center of the arcane maelstrom were sent hurtling through the abyss between worlds. Not the actual abyss, just like... Just regular abyss. Yeah, yeah just regular. Just yeah, like exactly. the, the very... like the <laughs> Normal abyss. Descriptive abyss, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Afterwards, the only objects that were found intact in the rubble of the tower were Vecna's severed hand and eye. There you go. Next episode. Cue guys. the dungeon cast thumbnail. Yeah, next episode. <laughs> uh, Cass survived the explosion relatively intact. Oh. His sword, using its no creator's knowledge, was able to guide him through the plains to Citadel Cav Cavidius, a castle in the Plain of Ash that Vecna had established years earlier as a secret refuge. But the blade abandoned Cass shortly thereafter, perhaps in disgust at the vampire's failure, or perhaps because he offered it no further entertainment. Legends say that the Black Sword has appeared numerous times in different lands, enticing the foolish and power-hungry with visions of glory. Aw, Cass sad. Oh, sword it's, gone. It's kind of going to get worse for Cass from here on. So, oh, damn. Yeah, we're going to keep... Okay. We're, we're, we'll get back to the sword. We're going to keep with Cass for a minute here. Okay. So here Cass was imprisoned for centuries, unable to escape the castle, which was swallowed by the Shadowfell into one of its many dark domains. Okay. I don't know if you remember what the dark domains are, but they're essentially like pocket dimensions of the Shadowfell. That are ruled by these enigmatic beings that we have no information on called the dark powers. I bet they're gray and sad. Yeah, they're probably gray and sad. <laughs> but their main thing is they love to take evil figures like Cass, Lord Soth from Dragonlance, or um, uh, Strahd von Zarevich sure. um, and trap them in a prison of their own devising. Okay. And so... Just that, for funsies. Yeah, for funsies, yeah. Yeah. There's okay. actually, we, we don't know why. It's never detailed why. They probably but they're trapped. want to just make them gray and sad. Exactly, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's like what it do here on the plane of the Shadowfell. Indeed. So the castle gets swallowed by one of these dark domains. Um, it is here that pre-4E lore states that the time he spent here so close to the negative energy plane changed Cass into a vampire. Um, I kind of, I mean, Wait, I know wasn't I said, he before? No, no, no. So that was the 4 version. Oh, oh, my bad. Okay. Yeah. This is the pre 4 version. So gotcha. saying, okay. here's where he turned into the vampire. I do find this a little lamer because he's just like sad and imprisoned becoming a vampire versus like he got empowered into vampirism. Like, I like this idea that they, they set down of Vecna really creating his downfall. Like you had this guy. And, and you raised him up to your lieutenant, and then you turned him into a vampire to make him even more powerful, and then you gave him the best sword in the world. And then that sword made him kill you. <laughs> I mean, be, best sword in the world. Well, you, yeah, powerful, you know what I mean. Powerful. Very, very good powerful for, sword. Good for Cass, yeah. Yeah, very good. The best sword for Cass. <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, when Vecna was defeated during his bid for control of Earth, this is... So remember, uh, Vecna gets put into this like weird uh, spiritual state on the astral plane, and uh, he can't interact with anything, but he wants to become a god. 
Okay. Um, and I don't remember the details, but basically, like, he managed to, from there, uh, apotheose it to a god and then try and take over the world. Okay. Um, but, of course, he failed. Probably adventures. I don't know. Um, so that so while that was happening, um, Cass was imprisoned in this place. He couldn't get out. Um, when uh, Vecna was defeated, though, Cass ends up being freed from his centuries of imprisonment. So it seemed like Vecna was actively keeping Cass there. Because okay. when he dies, suddenly Cass is free. Sure. All right. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's it was very confusing to try and push to put this together. Okay. Um. Thing was, he was freed from his centuries of imprisonment only to find himself facing a shapeless wall of mist around his new domain. When it cleared, he was the master of the domain of Tovag. That's the name of his dark domain. Of Cass's dark domain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now in his wasteland domain of Tovag, he believes his war with Vecna rages on. Patrols of prisoner soldiers under undead commanders scour the land, dragooning strangers to serve in Cass's armies and to manufacture bizarre war machines. When Cass deems the time right, he sends his forces into the mist surrounding his domain, believing that Vecna's realm lies just beyond. Invariably, those troops never return, leaving the vampire to rage, rebuilding his forces and continuing his search for the Sword of Cass. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. He's probably telling people, like, look, I saw this thing in Vecna's lair one time. Rebuild it for me. I don't know how to do it. I'm stupid. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, and in Cass in Cass's defense here of him thinking Vecna's over here. So it seems like at one point there's a dispute with the writers because a lot of the older stuff, Vecna was there. And they oh, were fighting. Interesting. Okay. But now it's like, no, well, we know that's kind of not true because Vecna's off doing God things now. Mm-hmm. So, like, is this an imposter or does this person even exist? And now at 5 e it's just like, it's a delusion of Cassidy. Yeah, it's the illusion that Vecna is, must be there somewhere. Yeah. Secret guy and all his powerful magics. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, um, the thing is, in the, in the second edition lore, um, he can literally see cavitus over here he's in tovag cavitus is here there's mist between and they're like sending armies at each other yeah right so like in castle's defense he thinks vecna's there because vecna's castle's right there sure that <laughs> that makes sense but it seems like Cass is just crazy at this point right exactly okay. uh and probably his delusions are being fed by the dark powers sure yeah so Cass dwells in a great fortress in the northern portion of the domain. In the south lies the densely packed city of Torgorak and the expanses of farms that supply grain and other crops to the inhabitants. Mm. A number of well-constructed flagstone highways run across the countryside. The most noteworthy of these is the Karsakan Way, which runs between Torgorak and the fortress of Cass. Three lesser roads run to the west, vanishing through passes in the burning peaks to emerge in the domain of Cavitus, which we have explained in 5e cosmology, isn't actually there. Okay. So pre, pre-5e, probably pre-4e, the roads actually did go to Cavitus, which was its own dark domain. Now those roads just go nowhere. Okay. Uh, despite the fine quality of these roads, they are rarely used. Uh, the poor souls who live in Torgorak accept their lot in grim silence. They recognize that theirs is a harsh master and speak of vampire cast only in whispers and guarded tones. They know too well that the creature who rules beyond the burning peaks is far more terrible than their own lord. Propaganda. Mm. Um, the inhabitants of Tovag tend to have very large families, mostly because the overlord pays a decent bounty for each child born. Those who live in this domain also age at an accelerated rate. Most reach maturity after about nine years, allowing them to be conscripted into Cass's army sooner than would be possible elsewhere. Wow. Any visitors who remain in this domain for more than a month begin to age faster as well. <laughs> Fucking nine years old. Just yeah. a full grown man. Yeah. Wow. Go to war. Time to die. <laughs> 
We've been talking about some evil dudes lately on the show. <laughs> it's just, well, it is, it's a spooky season. Yeah. There's nothing spookier than living your whole life by age nine and then being sent to die, sent to die in a weird <coughs> delusional war. Absolutely. I mean, I'd be terrified. That would be scary to me. Uh, Cass maintains a constant wartime mentality. Forcing, forcing his people to live the most meager of existences in order to save important supplies for his endless war against Vecna. He cares nothing for these people, seeing them only as instruments in the effort to destroy his former master. Life in Tovag is dominated by routine searches of people and residences, a complete lack of personal liberties, and the crushing heel of a tyrannical police state. The state police, known as the Daggers, search continuously for traitors, spies, and criminals. The Daggers have the power to sentence and execute criminals on the spot. Little matters like evidence and guilt are seldom important in the meeting out of justice. I mean, how's that different than, you know what, never mind. <laughs> Although he is unable to fully understand what power holds him in place or how he came to be here, Cass the Destroyer has found meaning in his existence. <laughs> well, wow. good for you, Cass. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy for Cass. <laughs> he truly believes that Vecna, his most hated enemy, rules the land of Ash to the west of his own nation, and he seeks revenge for the time that he spent in Citadel Kev. Cavidius. Cavidius. Uh, nothing Cass has vowed will prevent him. Nothing Cass has vowed will prevent him from destroying the creature who kept him prisoner for so many centuries. Yeah. Well, I mean, this all happened because of the sword. It's all the swords. It's true. Like the if you they lift, were a dynamic duo. Exactly. If you lift all the poison of the sword out of the relationship, yeah. then they could be besties again. But the thing is, it's Vecna's fault. Vecna couldn't just trust him. That yeah. That's all Vecna yeah. had to do. He just had to trust him. But. He was worried about secrets. He's worried about his and secrets. And there, there it goes. He just wanted to know what he's up to yeah. in his tent at night before bedtime. <laughs> Had to know. Are you thinking of me, Cass? <laughs> Spoiler alert. He's over-attached he over girlfriend. That's, yeah. Vecna's over-attached girlfriend. Vecna does not respect anyone's boundaries. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Cass sees only one road to victory. He believes that gaining possession of the Sword of Cast will give him the power he needs to destroy the overlord of Cavidius. Further, he is convinced that the sword is hidden somewhere within Tovag. With that in mind, his agents and members of the Daggers are constantly searching for it. Little does he know the sword is actually still on Earth. Yeah, or Earth. Or Earth. But you say that, oh, so they know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so they know. <laughs> When Cass wills the borders of his realm closed, he summons into existence a terrible storm of whirling swords and daggers. Those who try to press on will discover they can never reach the other side and will continue to suffer damage until they retrace their steps and leave the storm of razor-edged blades. God, Cass is fucking dumb. <laughs> Cass is dumb as fuck. I love him, but he's dumb. Yeah. He's an endearing bad guy with a bloody, In a way, with a bloody yeah. hand. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's take a short rest. Okay. It's the grand adventures of Ilian and Beard. Come, Beard. We finally arrived at my wizard's tower. Here, I shall do the research necessary to find the locations of the remaining shards of the pendant of plenteous patrons. I was a little worried about our, our, our hag negotiations, but it seems to have worked out. It really wasn't even that far of a walk to get here, but yes, wow, there's a lot of stairs in here, Ilian. Yes, as is tradition, my laboratory lies at the top of my tower. Oh, that, that kind of makes sense. You, that, no wonder. I've always, I've seen your calves. They are mighty, my friend. <laughs> mighty. Thank you, Ben. You're kind. But enough about my calves. Quickly, up the tower. My scrolls, my books, my tomes. Oh, yes, over here. Oh, yeah, there's, there's so many. Yes, I, I have much knowledge, Ben, and I shall utilize this knowledge to triangulate 
based on the cosmology of the planes, where the shards likely fell. That's great. In our great material good, plane. Good, a good so, lead. Um, yes. Do me are. a favor. Go off in the corner. Do whatever as you will, and I will get to research. Yes, I'm going to paint. I'm going to paint the faces of those who betrayed us, unknowingly, and without our consent. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do that. Yes, I'm gonna set up my easel. Yes, yes. Clear the space. Do you do care it. if I move this little, this little vial here? Do, do whatever you must, Ben. I'm busy reading. By the gods, my pack, it, my paint, Ilian, my paints. They're, what? They're full. They're completely oh, full. I suspect that our carrying of the shard of the pendant of Plutius patrons has patroned your acrylic paintings. Bless the backers. And bless the backers. Bless, bless the, the backers. backers. I, it's beautiful. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me get back. I'm going to get back to it. Yes. Think about how much more we can be funded if we find the remaining shards, Bian. Yes. And if if, if, if if you figure out where they could be in, I'll figure out where. I'll put a, a nice painting of these busts together to figure out where these two mysterious uh, people are. Maybe they have information and we can see on our travels of somebody, you know, just something that something yes. to think about. Sounds also. brilliant. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I have much reading to do. Yeah. Lots of grays and, and nasty, you know, dark hair. Uh, this one had short hair. This one's a little bigger. This one's a little smaller. Uh, the, the, the nasty eye. Yes. What's that ben. noise? Ben! Come over here! Something's happening! The, the, the shard of the Pendant of Pelagius Patriots is spinning rapidly and hovering! I gotta get this eyebrow right and No! Uh, you have uh, to come uh, see uh, this! Okay, right okay, now. okay, I'm over. I'm coming over. I'm coming over. What, what's going on? <laughs> Did you just fart? <laughs> no! It, the Pendant... The shard is stopped! What was it doing? It was it was hovering above my hand and spinning rapidly. That's so strange. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad it's not like defunct or anything at this point. Oh, um, well, I'm not sure what it was doing, but it was interesting. Oh, you may go back to your painting. Yeah, let me know if it does any, I, anything else. I'll I will back, let you I'll know. Get back to it. Uh, this one's shoulders were a little broader here. Stroke, stroke. Oh, Ben, it's happening again. Oh, okay. Come, okay. come look at this. I just want to yes. paint. What's going on? It's, it's, okay. okay. A mysterious okay. artifact. All right. What, what do we got? Oh. I, I swear, this isn't like you, alien. I didn't even see you eat anything fibrous. It's because I haven't eaten anything fibrous, Ben. If you think about it, we the haven't pendant, eaten. The shot has stopped again. I, I don't know what to tell you. I haven't eaten for days. I, I, you know what? It seems to activate when you're painting. Do me a favor, Ben. Go and paint your picture. Yes, of course, of course. That's all I want. Uh, yes, I... Shadows under the eyes. Yeah, here. it's happening. Keep painting, Ben. Okay, keep I'm painting. Gonna keep, I'm gonna keep painting. It's spinning rapidly. Oh my I believe goodness! You. It's fine. It's beginning to glow. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's going fast. I'm, I'm messing up my painting because of how distracted I. Oh, whoa, whoa, Ben! It's blasted a, a, a beam of light, a continuous beam, and it appears to be shining directly out of this window here to the northeast that's that's wow wow, oh, wow. wow. the light is just it goes it's goes the middle of the day to the, see the whole beam yes it's, it's incredible what is it what is it pointing at what's over there the northern mountains ben you know i, I heard a rumor on our way here to the tower that a meteor recently fell in that area in that region uh, perhaps it was no meteor at all but a shard of the pendant of plenties Patriots. You know, now that this is happening, that seems pretty likely. And, and yes, we saw like four people on our way here. That's amazing. You've got great hearing. We didn't even talk to them. 
I, I must be distracted. I am a wizard, Ben. I have eyes and ears in many locations. That's I hear and see much. That's true. According I to have, in fact, heard that the crater left by this meteor has come to be called Creator's Crater. That's, I wonder why. That's a great name. It's a rather auspicious name, it's true. Maybe something has been created in the crater, or some creation is born of the impact. We must go find out. There's only one way to find out. Let's go! Let's do this. Let's do it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. Indeed we are. Talking about the Sword of Cast. Indeed. uh, before we do that, if you guys want to help Ilian and Biren on their adventures to find the shards of Plenty's patrons uh, and collect them all, they've got to they've got to catch them all. The the undefined, unquantifiable number, yeah, who of knows? the many shards who could possibly are dependent of Plenty's patrons. Who fucking knows how many there could be? It's just a daunting task that they will accomplish. Indeed, they will. They'll take it down. Um, yeah, uh, you can go. You can do so at patreon.com/slash/dungeoncast. Give them what they need. They got a little taste. 
you know, but they need they need the whole thing. Yeah, it's they need the whole thing. Out. It's not going to work out. It's not sustainable out. right now. Nope. <clears throat> um, let's see. Yeah, we got the sort of cast. It is uh, it's magic. Don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> It's, it's a longsword. It's a sentient longsword that grants a plus three bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it. It scores a critical hit on rolls of 19 or 20 and deals an extra 2d10 slashing damage to undead, which is interesting. That is interesting. I think it wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, doesn't Vecna command like, um, a lot of necromantic sort of ar- armies and things like I, that? He's a lich. Yeah, I think the idea here is the sword. the sword probably puts a particular amount of energy into killing undead because remember the sword hates Vecna and wants Vecna to get taken down too. So probably didn't get made that way. Yes, exactly. Like That's what I, that way. That is what I'm implying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. If the sword isn't bathed in blood within one minute of Oof. being drawn from the scabbard, it is its wielder must take a must make a DC 15 charisma saving throw. On a success, the wielder takes 3d6 psychic damage. On a fail, the wielder is dominated by the sword. Uh, as if by the dominate monster spell, and the sword demands that it be bathed in blood. Bathed in blood. Well, if you're fighting undead, like what kind of blood is that? Is it real blood or is it just if, dust? That if Vecna really wanted to be an asshole, he would just do all skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do now, Cass? <laughs> just take some psychic damage, you gotta, I guess. You gonna, you gonna draw the sword? <laughs> Good thing you have a nice smile, Cass. Well, the sword—it's almost better for the sword to just take over. I guess so. Yeah. Like from a player standpoint, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. At least I didn't take damage. Yeah, and from Cass's standpoint, it's like the joke's on you. The sword has been in charge the whole time. It's interesting because, like, do we use the fourth edition bloodied like thing here? Like, mm. do I have to sh- strike at someone that's half damage, or does it? Do I just need to land a hit? Yeah, bathed in blood is very imprecise language. Right. Do what I need to make mean? a kill? Like, do I do need you have to make a kill? Make a kill. Yeah. That's. Do you, you know, need get 10 turns an actual it. bathtub? And have to do, yeah. Do I need to throw this sword in the tub? <laughs> we've got a, we've got the um. What are they called? You just got uh, a that, guy who rolls a tub along with you. Yeah, you've got the cannons, you've got the you mortars and the trebuchets and all that shit. And then you've got a guy dragging a tub. Where's my bathtub? It's an ox. With I gotta a fight this guy. Where's my bathtub? <laughs> I tricked you again, sword. <laughs> hey, how come this tub isn't filled with blood? Somebody fill this tub with blood right now. Right now. Yeah. Does it need to be human blood? I don't think it needs to be. Yeah, can it can it be a non sentient being? You know what I mean? Can it just be a cow or a, a pig? Right. Can you crush a mosquito and, and, and juice it on the motherfucker? Relevantly speaking, like the mosquito is mostly blood at that point. So yeah, yeah. It's if it's fully engorged mosquito. Yeah, and to be fair, that blood could have come from a human. It probably, you know, did or an animal, but whatever. Yeah. So, but if you do, if the sword's demands are met, the spell effect ends. So yeah. You can you can get back. It's like you're not doing it right, and the sword takes over, and is like, got it, got it, okay. Yeah, I suppose I suppose the sword would would direct you if you kept failing, and then you would know. Well, that's what that's it's how saying. the sword it's, likes it's going. It. It's like you you're not fucking doing it right. Yeah. Uh, now I am you, and I will make the bloodbath. Yeah, I will make the bloodbath. I, I will demonstrate moving forward. This is what you do. Yeah, take a back seat. Watch me through your eyes. Do the bloodbath. Let me put on this five minute YouTube tutorial for you. <laughs> Just watch this video. Um, no, five minutes is too long. The sword can get it done in under ten turns. Oh shit! So that's like yeah, it's sixty a, seconds. It's a YouTube short. Okay, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to roll some random properties for the sword? I do. Tell me how many of each the sword gets. One minor, one major, 
of beneficial and then one minor, one major of detrimental. Okay, so one of each. All right, so let's start with the beneficials. Sure. Uh, the minor beneficial, tell me the number. Uh, 20. 20. While attuned to this artifact, you gain proficiency in one skill of the DM's choice. Um, animal handling? Okay. <laughs> Better get that cow blood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty good. I actually don't like that, or I actually do like that. Um, here, I'll it's roll. a surprising one for sure. It is. I wasn't expecting it, but it, it, you know, if you really need that blood, you need to handle that animal. All right, let's do the major beneficial property. Uh, we got eighteen. Man, you're rolling low today. Uh, while attuned to the artifact, one of your ability scores, DM's choice, increases by two to a maximum of twenty-four. Um, oh, definitely Constitution. If it's not there yet, more blood. That or or that's true. You can have more blood in <laughs> you. Can you. Bathe your own. I was thinking <laughs> wisdom for that better perception for smelling blood better. Ooh, okay, yeah, wisdom's. Pretty I good. need you to find blood. Here's some wisdom to help you. Dexterity to be faster at finding blood. Absolutely, charisma for for getting people to give you their blood. Yeah, we don't have to cut them. They'll just hand it over. They'll cut themselves. Intelligence to come up with the bath plan that we came up with earlier. Hey, uh, <laughs> charisma charisma check, persuasion to get in the tub. There we go. Get, get, hey, get in the just, tub. Can you just get in this tub? Don't ask me Don't any ask questions about questions. it. Just get in the tub. All right. All right. Here are the detrimental. Here's the, the minor, minor detrimental. detrimental. Another zero. 90. 90. While you are tuned to the artifact, animals <laughs> 30 feet of <laughs> yes. <laughs> like oh shit, it's that guy. <laughs> Don't talk to him. Read the whole thing. Read the whole thing. Sorry. While you are tuned to the artifact, animals within thirty feet of you <laughs> are hostile toward you. <laughs> but it's okay because you can fucking handle them. <laughs> what are the odds? That's well, so good. That's Good. All right, let's do the major. All right, last one, out. last one. Oh, can we maintain the synergy? 81. <coughs> 81. Each time you become attuned to the artifact, you age You age 3D 10 years. Holy shit. Oh, fuck. You must succeed on a DC 10 constitution saving throw or die from the shock. <laughs> if can you imagine you... aging three years and then fucking dying? No. No, I didn't. I had plans for my 40th. We rented a yacht. Oh, Christ. <laughs> a yacht? Damn. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. If you die, uh -huh. you are instantly transformed into a white. Oh. Under the DM's control that is sworn to protect the artifact. Okay. Okay, so that's just a sword taking it completely out of your hands. You're like, I don't trust you to get the blood I need. Like, uh, I'm just going to take over you permanently. I'll just make you a ghost and you can hand me <laughs> off to somebody worthy. Yeah, um, there you go. Okay, I'm going to age right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what did you age? Uh, so far, six years. I need to roll one more die. <clears throat> Eight years. Eight years. It could be worse. Uh, yeah. If you're an elf, that's nothing. You're like, that's fine. Eight yeah, minutes. fuck it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All no. right. Tell but me. unless you die of the shock... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I wasn't ready. Oh, back to Coralon. Oh, God. All right. All right. Tell me more about the sword. The Spirit of Cass. While the sword is on your person, you add a D10 to your initiative at the start of every combat. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. In addition, yeah. when you use an, an action to attack with the sword, you can transfer some or all of its <clears throat> uh, attack bonus to your armor class instead. Oh, so like a defender sword. The adjusted bonuses remain in effect until the start of your next turn. 
spells. While the sword is on your person, you can use an action to cast one of the following spells. Save DC 18 uh, from it. Call lightning, divine word, or finger of death. So real quick, I want to talk about spirit of cast here because I think the wording is is clever. Um, in addition, you can use an action to transfer some or all of the attack bonus to your armor class. So if you crit, it is a great time to do it because you crit. Oh, yeah. You're going to get a critical hit and you're not um, losing damage because you're just transferring the attack bonus, not the damage bonus. Mm -hmm. Because it, it could have read uh, you can transfer the enhancement bonus. And that would have been both. Okay. So I just think that's this really good wording because I think that is the intent. Nice. Good um, job, wizards. Yeah. No need to do better on this one. Yeah. Um, once you use the sword to cast a spell, you can't cast that spell again from it until the next dawn. So you get a call lightning, a divine word, and a finger of death. So, uh, sorry, real quick aside, um, Star Seekers got a Dragon Star moment. Uh, I just did the chapter with artifacts and stuff. Okay. And, you know, you, we were trying to keep the language as close to 5e as possible for continuity's sake. Artifacts, for some reason, all of their refresher stuff is tied to the next dawn instead of a long rest like abilities are. Okay. I'm not sure why they chose that, but it's very difficult to use that in, in a space. space setting. Yeah. Who's Dawn? When Dawn? When exactly. Dawn? Yeah, Dawn of the yeah. home world of so, like whatever planet the item is from. I, I think uh, I'm trying to remember now because that was like it was like a month and a half ago, but I'm pretty sure we, we just ended up going with long rest. Yeah, that's just, easier. It's, yeah, it's universal. I wonder why they went with Dawn. There must be a good reason for that. Yeah. But um, sentience, I mean, yeah, in this... If they went somewhere, it'd be like dawn of the whatever plane of existence you're on. I guess right, is what I would right. go with. Uh, <clears throat> sentience. The sword of cast is a sentient, chaotic, evil weapon with an intelligence of 15, a wisdom of 13, and a charisma of 16. It has hearing and surprise, dark vision. The sword has dark vision out to a range of 120 feet. It has superior dark vision. Probably, yeah. Well, 120 feet, right? That's yeah. the Okay, the weapon communicates telepathically with its wielder and can speak, read, and understand common. Just in case you walk in and you see the sword of Cass reading the Book of Vile Darkness because it wants <laughs> to be... totally legit. It wants to do more stuff and the it's in those pages. A <laughs> personality. The sword's purpose is to bring ruin to Vecna. You know, I bet you if the sword was reading the book, it would be looking for like the Wikipedia article on itself in there. Yeah, what you know could what I mean? do that I don't you know, know about? Or yeah, or just like, oh, what, what does it say about me though? You know? <laughs> Sorry. Oh geez. Uh okay. It's like uh, when you Google yourself. Yeah, you're Googling yourself to see what kind of nasty details people are writing about you. <laughs> Uh, killing Vecna's worshippers is also part of the uh, destroying the Lich's works and foiling his machinations all help to fulfill the goal of bringing ruin to Vecna. So those are all things you can do. Mm -hmm. The Sword of Cast also seeks to destroy anyone corrupted by the eye and hand of Vecna. The Sword's obsession with those artifacts eventually <clears throat> becomes a fixation for its wielder. So not only are you subject to the hand and eye of Vecna, which is next episode, yeah, um, that is going to like corrupt you we'll find out what it does <laughs> it's probably not good though long term for any good characters and now you've got the sword of vecna that wants your bones real bad <clears throat> to be chopped up yeah um i i really like this because like if you are an adventure party that's dealing with the iron hand of vecna like messing stuff up you're almost definitely going to run into the sword that's like hey guys i want to help you you know and now you got a conundrum the sword's super powerful and very useful and super wants to do what you're trying to do. 
but it's also super evil and going to mess with whoever's wielding it. I think that's if you get lucky and you encounter the sword like alone, like without a wielder. You you encounter the sword with a wielder, it's yeah. going to try to blow your shit up. Not if you're working against the Hand of Eye of Vecna. The sword might be like, yo, 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 oh, get these guys living. Now you yeah. got like the Dark Paladin NPC that's like working with you, but he's scary. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, what are you trying? We can be friends until yeah, we until take care of this. You, yeah, you're not after that. It anymore. gets complicated. Indeed. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. What is that? Was that the kangaroo? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I know. I've heard the reference before. God, it was it was trending for so long. <laughs> I just fucking forgot what it was. Destroying the sword. My favorite part of every item description, which I feel like we kind of got away from there for a second but here it is destroying the sword a creature attuned to both the eye of vecna and the hand of vecna can use the wish property of those combined artifacts to unmake the sword of Cass. no wonder he wants those things destroyed yeah um they're gonna unmake it yeah the creature not destroy it's different from unmake the creature must cast well it says destroying the sword is unmaking destroying this implies yes the creature must cast the wish spell and make a charisma check contested by the charisma check of the sword uh which is pretty good right it's 16 16 charisma. is not bad yeah. yeah that's that's fairly good um the sword must be within 30 feet of the creature or the sp or the spell fails if the sword wins the contest <clears throat> nothing happens and the wish spell is wasted i bet you the sword really seeks out paladins of six level or higher because yeah. of that aura of of protection where the the paladin gets to add its charisma modifier to any allies hey there you go uh, um, saving throws. <laughs> sorry if, if the sword loses you're probably right if the sword loses the contest it is destroyed or unmade uh proficiency with a long sword allows you to add your proficiency bonus to the attack roll for any attack you make with it i mean why okay why are we saying that it is listed as a long sword you don't need to say that like obviously i don't know i just want to remind if you, you can use a long sword you can use a long sword that's what that reads to me <laughs> it, yeah you're right <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't have anything to say about that except that you're right so what do you think of sword of cast man uh, I kind of like the. You can leave comments on D and D Beyond. Oh God, here we go. And I like these. Real nice. Gareth Staring nice. <laughs> says, "Real nice." It sounds but, like a man after my own heart. It would no no exclamation mark, just a period. Yeah, Will Real will nice. read like, "Oh, the the Inagu will eat the bones of the decayed." Blah blah blah. It'll be like nice. <laughs> That's me and Gareth are right there. <laughs> Lonely Wolf says, "I used this sword to one shot the boss of a one shot once." That's nice. A, that's yeah. some Dr. Seuss level sentence structure. Yeah. My friend was a bit upset, but it's still a funny story to tell. No, that's that's, that's definitely a memorable yeah, one. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Um you know what? I, I'm gonna leave it to the audience. Oh no. Uh, the Brunar battle says, Why didn't Grog use the spells? I guess maybe this sword showed up in crit roll. Spoilers for crit roll. Oh, I was like, who the fuck is Grog? <laughs> I think Grog used finger of death at one point, but you can't cast oh, okay. spells when so I raging. Guess, so I guess that's the barbarian why. got the sword. Okay. Uh, I guess you do have to. You are the caster of the spell, so if you're raging, that wouldn't be like the sword. Oh yeah, you can't cast it. spells when you're when you're raging. That's true. Mm. He is a barbarian. All right. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna read any more of those. They're they're good though. They're <laughs> well, fun. with that being said, I guess we can get ready for a long rest. Yeah, let's let's do that. <laughs> All right. Hey everybody, welcome to The Long Rest. This is a part of the show where we put the sharpest slippers on our feet. 
the slippies have returned yeah and they're super uncomfortable my slippies have like joker style knives baked into them they now call me william the bloody footed (laughs) william the wet foot they call him the red wet foot (laughs) my slippies want to destroy your eyes and hands (laughs) oh god All right, fuck it. The slippies are back, I guess. Not last episode. Due to that one person. No, it was more than one person. It had to be one person. No. I'm pretty sure it was one person. But I support that person. At least one person. (laughs) Demanding the return of the slippies. (laughs) It was a long, you know, it's been a while. It's been like two years. Hey, we, um, well, in that two years, people are like, where are the slippies? That's true. Every once in a while. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. Thank you for listening to the part of the episode where we talk about hey, slippers. I'm glad slippies are back. Uh, yeah, they, they they are fun. They're comfortable and warm, but not this Halloween. No. Get fucked, slippy lovers. Get stabbed. Can't, can't. You ask for this. Yeah. Like They keep finding shards of the Sword of Cass in my slippers. God, that sucks. The slippers of Vecna. Okay. That's next episode, Slippers of Vecna. I don't think we've ever spoiled like what the next episode is going to be so hard until this episode. Yeah, I guess you're right. It just because it, it kept coming, <laughs> it kept coming up. up. It's, it's super it's, it's rare that up. that ever happened. We're leading yeah. up to the the yeah. hand and eye of Vecna all in one episode, right? Indeed, indeed. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, three of the four spooky episodes this year were Vecna episodes. I was like, hype about it. Yeah, he's got the vile, Book of Vile Darkness. He he's created got- a sort of cast, and it's his hand, hand in his eye. There's a Dragon Magazine article with, like, a poll in it that the users must have, or users, uh, the, like, people wrote in and voted for the poll or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out they used to do that. Like, they would put out a call, like, a number that you could call and yep. vote on shit. Yep. They put, there's a Dragon Magazine they voted, like, okay, what, what was I going to say the vote was? I don't know. Oh, like oh. Who, who's got the spookiest stuff? Vecna was voted spookiest. Oh, yeah. He's having the spookiest yeah, stuff. Yeah, most spookiest in high school for by sure. By Dragon Magazine readers. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, we uh, we appreciate you guys a lot. And uh, we hit 50K on YouTube. Woo! And that was really exciting. Indeed. Uh, oh, yeah. We announced the winner. We announced the winner of yeah. our Baldur's Gate giveaway. Congratulations to Bryant Vaughn Miller. Longtime listener. Longtime commenter, too. Yes. Uh, very, like, somebody that we've seen in the comments lots of times. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, years. hey, it's that guy. He won. I know him. <laughs> yeah. So, Bryant so Vaughn cool. Miller. Thank you. Uh, Well-deserving. And uh, I, I believe they got set up on Steam with it, right? Yes. So, very cool. Yep. Uh, I yeah, think they were sent. excited to gifted. play with their, their GF. Indeed. Very fun. Yes. Um, so, hey, congratulations, and thank you to everybody who helped us meet that goal. Um, we couldn't have done it without you guys, honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means for us exactly, except for clout. Fuck yes. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking maybe we can do a giveaway for Christmas, but I would like to see some suggestions of what we should give away, because yeah. I never know what to give away. Let's ask here. Let us know in the comments what you guys would like to see in a giveaway. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll make we some will, posts on social media, we too. We will post to on that. socials and Discord and maybe even Patreon. Yeah. Probably Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, see what kind of get. Maybe we should do a Patreon exclusive giveaway too. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like a special, like, hey, happy, Merry Christmas, like, here's patrons, a thank you. or yeah. Happy Holidays, because like, who knows? Yeah. Um, but we, we to celebrate. Uh, I want to read. You know, we read YouTube comments or stuff. The next episode we should do, um, like Apple reviews? Podcast reviews oh, again for sure. But because uh, there have been a lot of great ones, and we really appreciate when you guys do that. That helps visibility for the show. We'll probably get back on that now that YouTube hit this big milestone. We'll get back on uh, yeah Apple Podcast stuff. But for now, or wherever. Uh, we like, you know, I know on Spotify, you can just hit that five stars. Super appreciate it. Definitely into it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, let, I want to read the YouTube comments from Malcolm Thet. 
So if in the Malcolm that episode, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. great, they're gonna be horny. <laughs> One can only hope. Well, there's also uh, uh, Sean U four nine six three says fifty k baby. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. And because uh, there's comments like that in here too. Oh, okay, I yeah. forgot. Yeah, yeah, we have concurrently ongoing things. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and we got we got some critiques. It's a fair critique too. Only Ruindel uh, says I would subscribe. But I'm looking to hear about D&D, not Batman or Marvel. Sidekick distracts. I think that's me. Am I the sidekick? Sidekick distracts from topic a lot. Other than that, show is great. That's by design. It so is by a, design. It's yeah. a fair critique it is a feature. of the show. Yeah, it's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. So that's, but that's okay. it's also it not for everyone. Yeah. And that's we, okay. We understand that we, we, we're pushing a particular brand of show. Hey, it's okay if you don't like dick jokes. It, that's totally fine. You can. Or jokes about killing cows. Keep it in your pants and move on. <laughs> There's there's other D and D content out there. We're we're totally cool if you guys go watch that stuff. Uh, Kill Marin three f- Kill Marin three four five one. Watched you guys for a few years now. Your videos and co- uh, watch you guys for a few years now. Your videos and conversations are great. Thanks. Uh, Add A D D Dragons says uh, six seven five six says fifty k baby. Edit. I hope it was my sub that pushed it too. How sweet would that be? I remember when that comment came in, and then I went and looked at the subs, and it was like 50k and one. I was like, maybe it was you. Could have totally could have <laughs> been, been. Could have been. Um, Burkez with three Z's says, "Hey, you two hunky incubi, incubuses, let's win that Baldur's Gate <laughs> three you. game so I can introduce introduce my girlfriend to D and D." Ah, well, it wasn't you this time, Burkez, but thank you. Um, <clears throat> We appreciate the compliment and hope that you can introduce your girlfriend to D and D and maybe the Dungeon Cast. It's a good starter show, I think. I think I'm a testament to that. I DM now. It's great. <laughs> I do pretty good. Uh, Logan nine one eight nine says, uh, <laughs> "I gotta do this right." Oh, you boy. only adopted the kink. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "He says I lost coffee on that one." Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Almithra, Almithra Hopkins, 1873, says, Since when are succubi to Nari? The first of them oh, were Aaron Yeses. Or Aaronese. I know that I know it's Aaronese. They've always <laughs> been neutral evil, which is why they exist on all infernal planes and why they can freely travel to the prime material like Aaronese. Yeah, if you go if you go back in the editions, even as far back as second edition, uh, they are listed as Tanari. It's they are listed as demons. It was only in fourth edition that they were listed as devils. But yes, they have always been neutral evil, and they have always been able to go throughout the planes. But they are technically Tanari. They always have been, as far as all the sources that I read through. Uh, Moss Hive Network one one seven says, "I can tell this is going to be a popular video." <laughs> You were right. Uh, you were right. It was. Uh, it's got above average views on YouTube, um, and I, I liked and and hearted your comment as I read it. So just so if you got that notification, know that this recording was happening during that. <laughs> um, while you puff, uh, uh, another uh, commenter I'm used to seeing says, uh, first a word that sounds like Cinnabon, and now a character that sounds like Mike Tyson trying to say Malcolm X. Oh, <laughs> so." <laughs> that's dumb. That's in poor taste. Not but that. Uh, <laughs> it's tr- it might be right. Uh, Anna Cade four three five nine says, "I love these lore episodes, especially the demon episodes. Very fascinating and in depth. Thank you for your work. No problem. I also love the lore heavy episodes. Yeah, yeah, they're <clears throat> fun. Uh, Malcolm, that was a good one. The sex ghost every six hundred days is weird for sure. <laughs> From 
Kiyiya5579. And we're harding and thumbs upping these as we go because yeah. we missed some of them this time. There yeah, were a yeah. lot of comments on this one. Um, Mr. Dad 490 says six one twenty five for a female isn't too six foot one twenty five for a female isn't too crazy. I guess it is if you count the wings. Uh Lith the elves? Lith like elves? Yeah, it's it's okay. exceptionally lithe. One twenty five, six foot is very lithe. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um Sandy. 53 says, can we all just give our love to these amazing humans for the continued patronage to us, the fans? Shout out to Dima Gorgon. Shout out to Dima Gorgon. Gorgon. Uh, And then Shepard Druid says, shout out to fuckboy Dima Gorgon. Shout out to Dima Gorgon. Shout out to Dima Gorgon. Hey, we take those. We take those. We fucking take those. (laughs) Um, Oh, Brand Colonia is super fun if you like The Princess Bride. And that was a sponsor on that episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anthony Ambrose. And thank you to the Brand Colonia team for sponsoring that episode. Indeed. Um, A slacker named Jack. Hey, Hey. Jack. Uh, You're you're deep in our lore, slacker Mm -hmm. named Jack. You Mm -hmm. go way back, slacker named Jack. (laughs) Wasn't there some info that if Malkinthet betrayed Demogorgon, shout out to Demogorgon, it would actually lower his DC or something? I'm shocked that wasn't mentioned in this episode. I never saw that, but, I mean, that would be interesting. What would be the lore reasons or well, lore they consorted yes yeah but i mean like so she's consorted with a lot of demon lords like why would why if she if she died maybe when demogorgon sees malcolm that he get horny and it make him weak <laughs> is that what he means just to drive home how could she use how could she it how could she is at manipulation i think how good she is at manipulation. yeah but i i fail to see how like She's dead now, so I'm weaker. They don't really do What's, bonuses. How's like, that manipulation? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I just never saw it. Um, but uh, but yeah, if if yeah, you they're got just the source citing, on that, they're sure. citing maybe they saw some information about yeah. that somewhere. Not saying it should be or anything. Uh, let's see. Morta Blunt says Malcontet, more like Malcon thought. Ah, oh, wow. That one killed me. <laughs> um, St- Stewart. <laughs> Abelman six six five seven says, "I will definitely be using Malkithet in my campaign." Oh, I, cool. I love seeing awesome. those comments. Oh, yeah. By the way, when people are like, "I'm putting this in my," oh game. yeah, she's great. She's she's a great piece for for either a BBEG or one of the like main BBEGs that are like acting in in either in tandem or against each other. Timothy Wuton five three three one says, "Nice dungeon cast video." Oh, thank you. Thanks. Super appreciate. It. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. Because uh, there's so there's a lot of comments on this episode. Uh, oh, yep, I gotta stop here. Uh, Sir Nunos thirty thirty one says Demogorgon got that chaotic evil sexy time as Modius by contrast lawful evil, which is missionary, but in the wrong hole. Oh my! Maybe I should pre-screen these. Shout you say that every time. <laughs> you say that every time. We're I was wait- I knew it was going to happen. We're at the back of the episode, like where this comment is. <laughs> uh, JDR Vargo287 says, For me, the Inagu Malkinthet rivalry sounds like either bitter exes or Inagu being mad that he got rejected. I mean, I think the rejection one makes more sense. I just, like, Inagu just seems so much the antithesis of anything Malkin that works with or is interested in. Um, but yeah, it's a weird one for sure that they, they have a particular enmity. Uh, Nathan Thaxton, 7492 says, Malkin that stop king shaming me. Grazit, but king shaming is my kink. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, let's see here. 
Uh... Oh, this is that. We talked about this comment <laughs> off off mic. War and Peace Eleven says, "Not gonna lie, the Dungeon Cast ads before and after the Alien and Beard <laughs> Show are pretty damn entertaining." <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I, I didn't it. get that one at first. Didn't we mention that yeah, in an episode maybe, already? Yeah, too? yeah, yeah. I I particularly like that comment. That was a good one. Uh, Phoenix Flames three two one says, "Ah, the patron demoness of Simpdon." <laughs> It's a very modern joke. Uh, what, what do they call it? Um, um, O-I-O-I. Oh, binary. Uh, somebody whose comment or whose t- tag is bin- just binary. Uh, oh, okay. says, I thought it was uh, amusing that it was brought up that this sounds like devil stuff. In Dragon Magazine 417 Fallen Angels, there is the lore of how Asmodeus, Lilith, and Malconthet were all once angels who had fallen and become devils. They both wanted Daddy Asmo's favor and took on rivaling tasks. Lilith was used to sway angels and become the queen of succubus in hell, while Malconthet took her devil followers to the abyss to conquer the lair she now controls and took on her own <clears throat> title of queen of succubi. So uh, 471, uh, anything yeah. in the 400s is 4th edition lore. Ooh. And in 4th edition, like I said, succubuses were considered to be devils instead of demons. And uh, that story wasn't like uh, it did catch my interest, mm-hmm. and so I didn't include it in the episode. But, um, it, but yeah, that's why it's different. It's a long comment. There's more here. After becoming the baby mama for Demogorgon, shout out to Demogorgon. She had allies of the strongest creatures in both the abyss and the hells. Though the Demogorgon, uh, though when Demogorgon decided to pull a reckless stunt, and she felt like baby daddy Demo was no longer <laughs> a safety net, she returned to Asmo, where I believe she currently is again in the lore. Can't confirm she that last bit. Super not. Again, yeah. that was 4E. Um, if it was 471, that was 4E. I think it's and, on the wiki, though. Yeah. But uh, if she's in hell now and and I don't know it, then I missed that article. So Chad Stinson says, uh, <clears throat> lust is my favorite sin. Hey, cool, man. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. That's great. <laughs> uh, Young Animal 360 says, Demogorgon's waifu. Shout out to Demogorgon. Shout out to Demogorgon. Um, J S G E says four years of listening to this podcast, which is crazy because I don't play D and D, but I love the lore. You guys are such a great duo. Love the set; it's world class now. Thank you. Thank you, indeed. Keep moving forward. We just keep doing stuff to make it good eventually until we get it right. Because I don't, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know if that's obvious. Uh, Rusters Place says, as like number forty three, there's only six hundred twenty three left for the demon trifecta sure what that means what does that mean <laughs> sorry i'm doing some research to make sure cover my bases here on that. <laughs> Somebody, we triggered will with that long comment yeah i'm not finding anything about her being anywhere near the hells no she's just a demon lord the only thing that might possibly have information uh that's more concurrent would be the legend of Drist visual novel but i'm pretty sure that even though it came out in 2023 that's from the past but there is an awesome image of malcontent in that but i don't own it so i haven't read it Soul Stealer WX4IH says, "Yay, another dungeon cast to listen to. Keep up the great, another dungeon cast to listen to. Keep up the great work, guys, and praise Demogorgon. Shout out to Demogorgon. Uh, and then, uh, you know what? Let's call it there because my uh, there's so many comments on this. Yeah, I'll just keep going. <laughs> well, it's low now. It's stuck loading. Oh, I see. And I, I see. I, I've been skipping around a little bit, but I want to thank everybody who who reached out and commented there. It was um, it was a good one for sure. A lot Indeed. of fun to read those as they came in, and we we really appreciate you guys. So thanks a lot 
for listening to the show, making it to the back half, commenting, interacting with us. Um, speaking of interaction, you can do so in several places, including our Discord. Will can tell you all about our social media interactions. Yeah, you can find us on Threads, on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, for, or X from formerly as Twitter. Let's just get ahead of everybody and call it X I'm because not. there's so many people that are like, I'm not going to call it X. I'm going to keep calling It's not. It's Twitter's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. I don't know, man. It's still Twitter.com. Really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> it is. Why would it be that still? I'm pretty sure it's that still. Okay, we're pulling it up. Um, because I think you can't actually get X.com is the problem. Ah, yeah, that's probably for porn. Probably. Yeah, Twitter.com slash home. Okay, that's fine then. You can call it Twitter if you want. <laughs> yeah. Man, fuck Elon Musk. He's an idiot. Anyways, moving on. Uh... Yeah, okay. Uh, oh, Mastodon? We are on Mastodon as well, yes. Did you say Instagram? I did. You said threads. Yeah. Um, there's links for all this stuff in, below. We have a P.O. box. You guys can send us physical mail. And we have uh, an email account, thedungeoncast.gmail.com. If you're interested in advertising, we have advertising available for pre-roll, mid-roll, post-roll if you want it, I guess. And then uh, we have special advertising uh, going on for Ilian and Beeren. They will wear a sponsored logo during a side <laughs> like quest. Like NASCAR drivers. Like NASCAR drivers and now hockey players and baseball players and anybody else that can wear. Dude, they put. Uh, I'll save it for a Dungeon Chats. All right. Um, are but, we doing that today? Yeah. Okay. Uh, at, we are uh, We are available at all those places. Come talk to us on Discord. We'll try, We'll probably answer you unless you're being a jerk. Which you're probably not, because most people that listen to the show are pretty cool. Um, do we have anything else we want to add before? Uh, oh, uh, the giveaway is over, like we said, uh, but the uh, Star Seekers Guide to Draken Star is still ongoing, and it's something that yeah. you can get. Yep, um, absolutely. Just go to drakenstar.com, check the link in the description. If you are interested in our own campaign setting based off our show, Super Quest Saga, a space opera slash science fiction slash science fantasy anime inspired adventure. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm working real hard. We got three three more chapters to write and get edited, and then and then we're working on printing. Home stretch, baby. We're, we're in the home stretch. Lights at the end of the tunnel, and this this book will hit uh, not shelves, but your shelf if you if you want it to. Indeed. And yeah, link links down below for that too. Uh, and <clears throat> yeah, that's where we can call it a game. Let's, Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.